Digital Marketing Radio, episode 150. Lead building with LinkedIn. DigitalMarketingRadio.com I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio. Weekly interviews with online marketing gurus. Catch up with all the previous episodes at DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain I'm joined today by a digital entrepreneur who's worked for himself from the age of 13. He co-owns a well-established full-service web agency in the UK and runs his very own podcast called More Demand. Welcome to DMR, Lawrence Howlett. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. This is uh, this is cool. I like this. Uh, you know, doing doing it live as well, and uh, and all those jingles. Wow, that is uh, that is some awesomeness right there. So you reckon you're going to be um, moving more demands onto Blab? Yeah, I like the the video uh, format. It's just uh, whether you'll get the all of my guests to to uh, you know turn up <laughs> on video or not. I know Ollie Gardner when I interviewed him, he uh, he said, "Oh no, I've just just come out of a bar, so uh, I'm not I'm not going <laughs> to." So at least he was honest. Well, you don't have to do them all like that, but it's 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 fun to do actually. It's um obviously the majority of people listening here are are people who are listening to their audio possibly on their their iPhones um on the way to work. So if, if that's you, hi, and I hope you have a fun day or had a fun day. But um with regards to the chap I'm speaking just now, you can find Lawrence over at newedge.co.uk. Is that the the best website to give Lawrence? Yeah. So uh, so New Edge is is my digital agency. You know the web development side of side of things. You know we help uh, service. Companies uh, generate high value and high quality leads, so that that's uh, new edge. And then, as you say, more demand. Co.uk is where I host the uh, weekly podcast, uh, a lot like digital marketing radio. But the thing is, um, even if you carry, you know, cover the same topics, um, the the style that um, every individual have is so different. So um, um, you end up um, getting your own passionate listeners about who is um, happy with them. Um, the way that you do things yourself so um um all the more podcasters all the better i say yeah absolutely and you know we we focus on service businesses that that want to generate those high value leads so you know there's definitely a different spin on the, the you know even interviewing the same guests i'm i'm getting a, a different angle so yeah definitely you know there's plenty of space in the podcast and industry for for all of us so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, lead building with linkedin so how effective you know generally is linkedin as a source of leads yeah i mean linkedin for for me has been a real game changer actually you know it's taken uh, number one it's allowed me to to focus incredibly well on what i want to achieve in terms of who i want to speak to because with linkedin you know We'll get into the tactics a little bit later on, but you really have to know who you want to search for. So number one, it allowed me to you know, really focus on who I want to do business with and then produce the content that talks to them, uh, you know, relevant, relevant to them. So that's that's one of the things that LinkedIn has helped me do is, is focus. And, and that's been a real big game changer because, you know, before maybe I, we had a too much on the menu, we were trying to serve too many people and we ended up not serving any of them. And just by doing LinkedIn, that focus has really, really changed the business for the better because it's allowed us to serve the people that we that we can serve a lot better. So can any type of business use LinkedIn quite effectively or is there only a certain type of business that it is best for? I think anyone that wants to to generate you know leads uh, it works really well for. I think in a uh, a retail space or or most of B2C space LinkedIn probably isn't going to work for you as well as it would in a B2B space where you know you want to go and headhunt particular people that you want to work with, you know, clients that 
will make decisions, uh, buying decisions online. They're the type of people that, that you want to get in contact with through LinkedIn. But I think in a, in a retail space or, you know, uh, uh, actually LinkedIn will still work, but on a different way. So if you want to find affiliates or if you want to find new suppliers for, for your e-commerce store, that's where it might work in a B2C space. But yeah, not finding, uh, you know, end clients in, in B2C that I don't think LinkedIn would work very well there. Okay, okay. More to be to be, and that, that that's understandable, certainly. Um, so I'd love to know a little bit more about the the process that um, you, you would use to actually try and drive leads. I mean, is it important, uh, for instance, to actually have a, a pro subscription to take full advantage of what LinkedIn can offer? Yeah, I think uh, initially, it's all about your profile optimization. So first of all, you need to take a step back and, and instead of thinking about LinkedIn being the silver bullet, actually think about who do I want to do business with and create a buyer persona that will allow you to map out exactly who you want to do business with. So what are, what's their background? You know, What are their demographics? What are their identifiers? What are their own goals and, and some of their challenges? And that allows you to, to focus on the people that you want to find on LinkedIn. Once you've done that exercise of, of doing a, a buyer persona and you've matched that to one of your solutions, you can then go ahead and optimize your profile. And to, to optimize your profile, you know, first of all, please have a good photograph, you know, just go and get it professionally done. You know, none of this uh, selfie uh, images or anything like that. You know, you want a professional grade photograph on there that makes you, you know, stand out from from all of those dodgy photos that, that you see on LinkedIn. And I have a photograph because there are so many people that um, want me to actually add them and um, they don't even have a photo. And if I don't know who they are and they don't have a photo, I'm certainly not going to add them as a contact. Yeah, I think that's really important is to you want to do business and people will buy from you. So to, to be noticed at a networking event, for example, you know, I always check out the people that are going to, to the networking event. So I can go over and say, you know, hi, Julian, hi, Pete, hi, whoever. Uh, you know, I've already known who they are just because they've got a photo online. So profile optimization, definitely, you know, get your photo on there. And your name should just be your name. I see so many people um, use their first and last name as a space to squeeze in, you know, expert in XYZ. And, and don't do that. Use it in the, you know, in your heading tag that you can that you can use on, on LinkedIn. That's the space to promote yourself. You know, just a job title. I've got a little formula that is uh, your position in, in the company. And then I just do a slash slash. Uh, what do you do um, for who? So it's nice and easy. So for example, you know, I'm founder owner um, I help B2B companies generate leads online, something like that. You know, a short little description formula for, for your profile. And then once you've done that, you're into the summary section of the profile. And really, so many people make a mistake straight away in the summary that they think it's about them. Uh, and you think my profile is about me, but actually it's not. It's about the person who's looking at it and how you can help serve them. So I like to change that uh, description area, that profile about me section to actually be about the customer. You know, what what is some of their challenges? Who have you done work with previously? Have you got a testimonial that you could share in there? And then what do you want them to do to take the next step to contact you or maybe arrange that initial uh consultation or have you got a, a lead magnet like an ebook or a checklist that you could link to in your profile that's such a high value real estate area that you can use to get people onto your website so getting them out of linkedin and into your website so really that profile optimization is is the first point 
um, in, in that summary section. You can then uh, go through, you know, obviously adding your experiences, um, adding all of your uh, portfolio elements, adding all your contacts, your groups, and really filling out that profile until it says expert level. And that, you know, that's a LinkedIn uh, formula. And what that's going to do as soon as you hit expert level by filling in all of the different sections like the skills, the resources, etc. That's going to allow you to be found easier in the search results. So for example, if you're searching for a digital marketer in LinkedIn, that's going to help you rank higher up. Okay, you offered so much um, yeah. <laughs> value there. That was that was wonderful, and I love the fact that you started off with talking about optimizing your profile rather than actually talking about how to reach out to people. Because obviously, if people are finding you and um, finding you more often, then that's possibly even the better positioning. Because then um, people are potentially actively contacting you rather than you reaching out to them. And obviously, if you're reaching out to them, then maybe it comes across as you're trying to sell them something. And um, it, you, most of the time, when people reach out to me on LinkedIn, um, people are talking about what they do. Um, they don't they don't appear to have put in any, any effort into actually finding out about um, what I do or, or me or what I might appeal to me. Is that the kind of mistake that, that most people make in their messaging on LinkedIn? Yeah, absolutely. That That's the, the first mistake that people, you know, they send a connection request and then as soon as it's accepted, they say, I do this, 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 and this, uh, talk to me, pay me money. Uh, yeah. And that, that is such, uh, you know, uh, that is the, your, your sort of, uh, default setting to talk about yourself. Whereas actually you need to, you know, understand who you're t- talking to, why you're talking to them and how you can add value to, to their day and really help them solve their challenges. And that's going to, you know, come from the, the first exercise of creating that buyer persona and knowing their challenges. In fact, what I do uh, is is a little play where I don't even talk about new edge at all or more demand. I don't do that at all until conversation number six. Uh, so the, the first few conversations I have is all about my group on LinkedIn or my group on Facebook, depending on what I'm promoting, because I find uh, with the more demand stuff, which is more uh, digital marketing training and that thing, Facebook is a better play than LinkedIn and people are more active in the groups. Whereas if I'm talking uh, about website redevelopment or e-commerce, then LinkedIn is the is the place to do that. So what I do is I'll, I've set up a, a couple of different groups and I'll actually uh, sign off when I add a connection request as the UK B2B Digital Marketing Forum uh, founder rather than you know New Edge Web Development because then people aren't, they're thinking, oh, it's just going to sell to me. Which you know, at the end, obviously, we're we're all on LinkedIn to connect with people to you know make uh, profits. Not a dirty word. We're we're out there to to make money, and we shouldn't be ashamed of that. And we need to make connections to be able to do that. But first of all, I definitely want to be able to add value. It's the same any piece of content that that I create or webinar that I host or you know even coming on today onto this podcast. The number one thing that I want to do is leave people with value and then they can make a decision whether they want to contact me and and you know take a conversation further but as you said the number one mistake is just to say me 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 this is what i do and you're forcing your marketing message and it's a disruptive marketing message instead you should 
take a step back and say, actually, we've got this group, some really good conversations going on there about your particular subject, you know, create a group that is around those set of challenges. So if you're in the construction industry, for example, um, you know, don't create a group for your peers, instead create a group for the people that are buying your services and their challenges. So for example, if they've, um, you know, got health and safety concerns in the construction industry, then let's create a group that's about health and safety law. Uh, and then we can invite those people into that group and start to have a conversation. But you're front of mind and that's the play to start with. I love those two areas of focus there and the conversation we've had so far. Focusing on your profile to begin with. So when people do decide to check you out, making sure that um, what they find looks good, is relevant to them, to the buyer's persona that you've identified, and then having that conversation with people and um, having that conversation and coming across as, as being intelligent about what's going on within your industry. And if you're doing that, then people naturally want to find out more about you. And that's modern marketing, really, in a, in a nutshell. A lot of people still focus on selling, 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 paid advertising, drive people to, towards a funnel. But... Um, what about the people that want to find out more about who they're dealing with? And of course, um, there is an opportunity now to research before you buy. And most people are, are going to do that now. And unless you have a nice profile or some nice reviews online, then what's the point? You know, you, you need to focus on what people are going to find about you when they search for your brand. I also like the fact that you talked about LinkedIn groups. And to be honest with you, that's something that I haven't really explored that much. Is that something, you know, you mentioned that it's effective for web design, but not so effective for digital marketing. Are, are there some tips that you could give with regards to LinkedIn groups? Yeah, so with with uh, a LinkedIn group, the, the play is to get people in there that want to have real conversations. So uh, I'm going to have a, a two-minute rant, and that, that'll be it. <laughs> and my two-minute rant is, please stop posting comment uh, blogs, uh, you know, links to blog posts that have then zero likes or zero comments. There are groups full of it, <laughs> absolutely full of it. And it drives me nuts. I mean, there are groups with 200,000 members and all it is, is a list of blog posts that I have no interest in whatsoever. I've not joined this group to, to do that. I've joined it to have conversations. And really that's down to the group owners to, to make sure that they're setting the rules correctly for their group. And in my groups, you are not allowed to post a link to anything as the original article. You have to post it as a comment once someone has uh, replied back. So for example, all I allow you to do is ask a question. So you've got a challenge and you're allowed to ask the group a question. So for example, um, in the in the UK B2B uh, leadership forum, you might have a question around marketing automation. You know, what uh, marketing platforms, uh, marketing automation platforms can you um, recommend? And that's, you know, one of the, the conversations that's going on right now. And we're talking about Marquito, we're talking about Infusion, soft and through that conversation you know you are getting real conversations rather than just a link to 10 ways to optimize your blog who cares about that and in fact ollie gardner um coined the phrase i think gas which is give a s and uh it's it's one of those uh you know things that that i definitely resonate with is you know who's going to give a crap about what you're saying and that's why i want to have those deeper conversations um inside the groups and i think you've got to to think about the buyer um 
or the person that you're trying to interact with and what time have they got uh, to, to use LinkedIn and are they the type of person that will use LinkedIn to have conversations? Uh, so in the, the digital marketing world, uh, you know, a lot of people that I'm targeting are you know, solopreneurs or people that are just getting into marketing and they're hanging out a lot more on Facebook. Whereas people that have got established businesses and that, you know, uh, are maybe of a slightly different ilk rather than, than the younger generation are definitely on uh, LinkedIn and, you know, they're doing more, um, I wouldn't call it serious business, but a different level, a different sort of attitude of business on there. It's taken a lot more seriously, whereas Facebook, you know, is is a bit more of a, a social community and lots of different people in there. Whereas I know with LinkedIn, I'm, I'm you know, making, uh, you know, deals with with decision makers, at, you know, even FTSE 500 level, uh, you know, on LinkedIn. And, and that's how uh, I'm communicating with them through those groups and inviting them into those groups first and being seen as an authority and a leadership rather than uh, someone who just wants to uh, sell. In fact, my mission for LinkedIn is to get rid of the content regurgitation and instead make some groups that, that have some real value. So how realistic is it for a business to start a group and expect to achieve a reasonable amount of interaction there? I mean, how many members should that business be looking to actually build within a group? And um, what about levels of interaction in relation to numbers of people who actually are a member of the group? Yeah, so you've you've got to go through the hustle phase without a doubt. You are going, it's, it's chicken and egg. So number one, you need to uh, find, you know, maybe... 10 people uh, that are that you know within the industry that you know uh, within uh, you know your circle of uh, colleagues and and friends that will have proper conversations and that's going to um, for want of a better word ignite the 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 content I wanted to use something other than John Lee Dumas's word uh, but ignite the content in those groups and you know just get it kick started um, what I've found as well is that you have to go outside of LinkedIn to bring people back to your group. So what I do is I add as a contact every single person that joins the group. I can then export those contacts from LinkedIn and I add them to a um, to MailChimp so that I can then email them myself when there's a new conversation that I think is relevant to them. So they go straight into my CRM system. I can then start tagging them up and sending them relevant content. And I send a weekly digest of what's happening on the group. I know LinkedIn sends that as well, but it just stands out that little bit more. So I'm interacting with them um, through email as well as through the LinkedIn. And that really starts to drive uh, a lot more engagement rather than just relying on LinkedIn to to send you out in their digest emails. Um, okay. But in terms of, of numbers, really, you can have a great conversation with 10 people in the room. Um, you know, you just need to find those people that do want a conversation because they have real challenges. And that's, again, going back to the buyer personas and making sure that you are focusing on people that, that have challenges that you can solve. It's a great point that the I think the, the the future success of effective digital marketing is in the quality of the relationships that you have and the quality of the conversations you have. And there's no point in having thousands of followers if you're not interacting with those people, if you're not having a meaningful 
conversation with those people. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would rather have a meaningful conversation with 10 people than have a mailing list of a thousand. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot, lot better. And those people are more likely to buy from you. If you spend half an hour on them with, you know, a one-to-one on a, a Skype call or, you know, having a real interaction with them, they are much more likely to buy from you than a series of automated emails that go out over a week. Um, that's not to say that's not a tactic as well. You know, I definitely have some and paid courses that that go down that sort of uh, automated funnel approach but for the high value high ticket item you know uh, like coaching programs or uh, you know web development or things like that it really does take that one-to-one sort of uh, campaign and and that sort of touch point to, to be able to interact with them. So do you have any thoughts on the future of LinkedIn and um, how it might actually come to evolve, um, whether or not um, being on other social networks as well will be a, a must as well as actually being on LinkedIn? I think what I've I've learned over the years is, uh, you know... Never predict. Yeah, <laughs> never predict. But also, you know, we've seen the uprise of Snapchat. We've seen, uh, you know, uh, Periscope um, pop its head up for all of us. Oh dear, that's really bad. Um, you know, all these tools that, that come to the forefront. And I think you've obviously got to you know, jump ship at some point if if that's where the entire audience is going. I know when, you know, MySpace sort of uh, took a dive and everyone jumped onto Facebook, you know, you had to migrate platforms from a, from a social media point of view. Um, but it's about what's working for you and where your audience is. So you do have to follow the sheep sometimes. And if your audience has shifted to a different platform, then, you know, you definitely need to be on that platform. But I also think you don't want to be on every single platform just because, you know, someone's got a Pinterest account doesn't mean that you should have a Pinterest account unless you can add value and connect to an audience through that channel. Uh, you know, you really need to, uh, Take a look at what resource that you've got available yourself and then whether you can utilize that resource and, and really add value through that channel. Because I, I absolutely hate just seeing a, a channel there for the purpose of uploading a few images to a Pinterest account and then nothing happens on it. You know, you're getting zero engagement, zero likes. Just stop doing it. You know, if, it, if it's not engaging, then have a rethink about the strategy and why you're doing it. And if, if you're not getting any traction, then go and do something else. Pick up the phone and do some cold calling. You know, try something different. Uh, don't just keep plowing out the content because you think you need to write four blog posts a week. If it's not working, stop and do something else. Coming up, we're going to be learning about the one piece of software that Lawrence couldn't live without. But first of all, do you want to start your own show, dear listener? I'm in the process of pu- pulling all my podcasting and live broadcasting experience into one place and producing a course on how to start and master your very own show. If that might be of interest to you, I'd love your feedback. So just go to startyourownshow.com and take two minutes to fill out my survey, helping me to decide if that's the kind of course that I should be producing. So just go to startyourownshow.com. But let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on Lawrence's thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. So Lawrence, what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took that away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Oh, my marketing success. So um, I think... One of the one of the things that I use is Infusionsoft. That's the one I'm going to choose. I was uh, juggling through lead pages or maybe another one, but yeah, Infusionsoft is you know one thing that I use to set up automated sequences that help um, weed out is the wrong word, but filter. There we go, filter. Uh, 
leads that that come in to make sure that they're the quality and the fit for for my business um whether that be in you know the more demand section for the for the sort of coaching courses and uh, making sure that <clears throat> excuse me that they've got the correct budget to be able not to spend on me but be able to spend on facebook ads and things like that so i use infusionsoft to set up those funnels ask the right questions along the way with progressive profiling and then to follow those up and lead score them so infusionsoft um you know i'd have to jump ship to it to another platform but that that's the one that i couldn't live without right now intriguing so how long have you been with infusionsoft for uh, so I think about 24, yeah, a couple of years, 24 months. Um, uh, yeah, so I've been setting up funnels in there uh, for probably 12 months. I've been using Infusionsoft to, to build my database for, for a couple of years. And then over the last year, I've really started to home in on that um, automation process and those sales funnels and really understanding how you can take people through a journey and put them into different buckets, uh, you know, in terms of their needs and really start to profile them. And it's, it's taken a lot of, uh, you know, learning about psychology and mindset over um, just how to sort of code up something. So yeah, it's been an interesting uh, journey just from starting to use Infusionsoft to how I think about the business. We've got a comment in the chat from See You on Top Marketer saying, is it just me or did LinkedIn go downhill for business use after they downgraded their group functions? Have you got any thoughts on that, Lawrence? So uh, I'm not quite sure on the, the specific group functions that that um, he's he's talking about, but I've, I've found that actually my groups are, are going up. Uh, you know, the, the interaction is, is going up um, on LinkedIn. I must admit, Facebook is probably three times uh, better in terms of its response rate, in terms of its um, signups um, and interaction and engagement. Um, I think the key where I'm uh, winning on on LinkedIn groups is interacting with people outside of LinkedIn and getting them back into those groups through email marketing. Um, so it hasn't really, I suppose it's a bit like the the Penguin and Panda updates in Google. Um, because my strategy is outside of LinkedIn as well, it hasn't really affected it as much. Well, here's a slightly more challenging question. What sure. piece of software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you intend to try at some point in the near future? Oh, that is a, is a good one. Um, and it's uh, straight off the bat, it's HubSpot. Um, not a competitor no that's different to Infusionsoft really isn't it yeah I think you know HubSpot is a a completely integrated program you know it's very um, heavily uh, around the inbound marketing uh, sort of tool set and it really is a a platform that that I want to try out and in fact we're we're looking at becoming a HubSpot agency um, as well in in their partner program but it's just something that at the moment we haven't got the additional resource in, in the agency to to look at. But yeah, HubSpot is one that really intrigues me. I've, I've been through their own sales funnels and their own uh, sort of uh, profiling and, and it's really intelligent. I mean, the way that you can swap out content based on buyer personas and what they've done and and their whole cl- uh, their tracking of, of the interaction, um, you know, that's really intelligent stuff. But it is, you know, the next level to say, you've downloaded this call to action, now download, uh, you know, this lead magnet, and then I'm going to show you this bit of text. And it it really is advanced stuff. And I'm looking forward to diving into that marketing is getting very clever indeed and you've got to become more clever with um, what you do 
I'll include, of course, links to um, the tools that you're, you mentioned there in the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. But um, moving on to... I wish I would have. So I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? So with this, I think the, the main thing that, that I used to get stuck in was the, the tactics of the plan rather than thinking about the overall strategy of what the business wants to do and achieve. So I think, you know, diving in and going, oh, you need Facebook ads, right? Why, why do you need Facebook ads? Why do you need a retargeting, uh, you know, campaign? And actually stepping back up and looking at the overall strategy of the business, what their growth plans are, um, how that aligns with, you know, any products that they're thinking of developing, how we can integrate some marketing campaigns with product development. I know you you talked about, um, uh, was it create your own show or your own? Start, uh, start, start your own show.com, yeah. That's it. And I think you might be using the ask method, um, uh, <laughs> I think. so. I, I, I have read uh, um, Mr. Levesque's book, yes. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, that, that methodology, you know, thinking about going right back to, to what challenges that you can help solve in terms of, you know, what buyers you want to connect to and asking them, you know, what, what can I help you with or what, sorry, what are you, uh, you know, uh, having challenges with in your day-to-day life and then creating a marketing campaign around that and making sure that, you know, it's all the touch points that, that um, you know, they're at, whether they're on Facebook or, you know, as I said, LinkedIn or Google ads, or, you know, making sure you've got the right content to support that. So, Initially, I just dived in straight into that, right, we're going to do Facebook ads, we're going to do an email marketing campaign, we're going to do this, um, and not thinking about the wider strategy. That's, that's where I got, um, got it wrong to, to begin with. No, that's a great point. It's, um, it's so easy just to think about tactics rather than understanding the business. And I, I, a lot of marketers probably are still making that mistake. So great tip there, yeah. The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Okay. Ten Quick questions here, just two rules. Try not to think about the answer too much, and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. Ready to go? Yeah, okay. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? Display ads. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one and one relations? Oh, um, both. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Telephone number. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Depends, but I'll (laughs) go with uh, global for me. Yeah, most uh, people try and leave their both and probably use it on that. But it was intriguing that you used it on um, online press releases and one. No, it wasn't, was it? Um, I can't even remember which one it was now. Was it on, on, on online press releases and one on one relations that you use your both on? Yes, yeah. Yes, so I think with with that, you know, I, I like to uh, to have uh, you know one on one contact in terms of you know having conversations with people, but also you know the online press release. I was taking as a wider sort of uh, content marketing piece to to initialize those conversations okay okay so you're not talking about using traditional press release distribution platforms like pr web then 
No, uh, not not in that instance. On the on the quick fire, it was it was one of those. But yeah, I think uh, PR Web we still use for for some things, especially uh, we've got a client in uh, the fitness sector, and to start building backlinks and and things like that, definitely uh, guest posting and and getting. Um, I've recently got him on to Men's Health um, and. Uh, Websites like um, uh, they escape my mind straight off the uh, bat, like FHM. Uh, I've got him guest post opportunities through um, things like PR Web, and just making the uh, you know the press release available to those sort of sites has, has helped build some initial traction and backlinks to his site. The ten thousand dollar question: If I was to give you ten thousand dollars and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on, and how would you measure success? <sighs> Well, a single thing, or could I spend it on a strategy? Oh, again, go with your strategy. <laughs> okay, so I, I would definitely uh, spend it on um, content marketing. So uh, I presume that I would know uh, my audience and what I want to uh, to sell and connect with them. So I'd spend it on producing high-value content in terms of uh, podcasts, in terms of videos, in terms of lead magnets like eBooks and checklists, and make sure that that content stands above the rest of the industry that I'm in. So even today, I was uh, talking to a construction and scaffolding company and their competitors' websites are awful. So I said, you know, instantly we can put you above the rest by using video testimonials and and that sort of content that's just going to pitch you way above your competition. So I would spend it on making sure that my content is way above my competition. Okay. Um, interesting that you um, mention a scaffolding company there, because that's not the first type of company that I would think of in relation to content marketing. But it's So the first question is, can any type of company use their content marketing? Um, sorry, I'll, I'll let you go with that first. Yeah. So with the scaffolding company, you, you wouldn't think that, um, but they absolutely can. So for example, uh, they are a scaffolding company that does a lot of restoration uh, projects, you know, heritage buildings. And with that, they have uh, project managers that you know are looking for scaffolders that have big health and safety concerns. So instantly, there are lots of eBooks and lots of webinars that that we could create that are all around health and safety to do with scaffolding and a getting started guide. Um, so you know, are they clipped in? Are they wearing personal protection equipment? All of this sort of uh, you know checklist stuff that we can present as an authority that you know makes us stand out from the crowd in terms of a website that goes you know, we do scaffolding. So it instantly connects with that buyer and goes, hang on, these guys actually know what they're talking about. And I can download this and I can, you know, start my journey to, to um, you know, shortlisting a scaffolding company straight away. So there is definitely, uh, you know, any industry I think can use content marketing, even these so-called uh, boring industries, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe like scaffolding. There, There is, you know, stuff that can connect with, with audiences. And actually a lot of this uh, content is internal already. You already have checklists for, you know, scaffolding safety. So let's just make it public. It's as simple as that. And of course, if someone searches for something on Google, then there's an opportunity for content marketing there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, straight away, if they're looking for for health and safety and scaffolding, we've got a whole resource. Well, we're building it currently. But, uh, you know, we've got a whole section there about that, that people can search for. And even if it's, uh, you know, even if it's a competitor, the way I, I, you know, said to the, to the business owner was if we can, you know, create this health and safety thing that actually improves the industry in health and safety, then that's got to be a good thing, you know, straight away. So, you know, it's, it's a two pronged approach with that. Now, the second question was, um, how do you measure the ROI from a content marketing strategy like that? 
Yeah, it's sometimes a, a little bit difficult because there might be multiple touch points. So this is where a platform like HubSpot, where it's got closed loop reporting, would would uh, you know really sort of um, prove its worth. Um, but if you're just using Google Analytics, um, you can set up some uh, goal conversions to look at you know if someone's downloaded a particular form. You can set on the thank you page as a goal conversion. You can then uh, track them. Uh, through uh, your funnel in terms of they'll obviously go into something like MailChimp or they'll go into AW Webber, Constant Contact, Infusionsoft, whatever the, the platform is. And then you can start to track them through. And if they become a client, you can um, you know obviously track their lead source as well. So if they came through from the website or a Facebook ad, um, you can track the lead source as well. So that's how you start to um, prove your ROI of content. But the, the thing to not get had up on is to say, I'm going to write a blog post that needs to get 10 leads. It's not going to do that. You know, it, it's uh, a wider play, if you like, to, to produce high quality content that gets you visibility that then can start a conversation. So, um, you know, proving the ROI on content, um, you have to first of all think, what ROI, what metrics do I want to um, actually measure? Do I want to, you know, measure engagement metrics or do I want to, um, you know, bottom line metrics and then have a think about um you know how you're going to track them is it going to be through google analytics um and then be realistic uh you know i always say a dollar in a dollar out um so if you can uh you know get the campaign to break even that is a fantastic starting point you should you know congratulate yourself for that so that's a, a fantastic starting point um for, for measuring roi my number one takeaway. Well, Lawrence, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but um, maybe in relation to what we were talking about earlier on and LinkedIn, um, what would you say the, the number one takeaway is, is? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? Yeah, I think a, a wider sort of uh, thing that I'm, I'm trying to, to teach a lot at the moment is create before you consume. So a lot of the time, even with LinkedIn, we'll log in and we'll just read what other people uh, are spewing out. You know, we'll log into our Facebook and we'll read what people are spewing out. And then that takes us on a half hour tangent. And before you know it, We've lost our mindset and we've not created anything. So what I do religiously in the morning is not open my emails, not open the newsfeed or anything like that. I sit down and I do my content creation, whether that's a blog or a podcast or a webinar or, you know, create some content for the site. Um, that's what I want to do first before I then go and consume other people's content. Wonderful tip. And that's what I love about scheduling podcast interviews, because then you're committed to doing it and you must create before you consume. Absolutely. Wonderful. Okay, well, um, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time and your advice. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Yeah, sure. So you can head over to www.newedge.co.uk. That's my digital agency where we focus on service businesses that want to generate those high value leads. Or if you're in the e-commerce space, you know, that's where we focus on the Magento e-commerce websites. Or you can head over to moredemand.co.uk. I host a weekly podcast as well, um, interviewing some of the guests again in terms of uh, service businesses that want to generate high value leads. And I also offer a coaching program on there as well. So head over to moredemand.co.uk. And if you want to ping me an email sure do it lawrence at newedge.co.uk that's l-a-w-r-e-n-c-e at newedge.co.uk great stuff okay well of course i'll include links to that and um, all the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com so um yeah thanks to lawrence and thanks dear listener too if you enjoyed what lawrence shared today here's how you can help go and get your friend your friend's iphone go to the podcast app and search for digital marketing radio 
click on the show and then hit the subscribe button and make them listen too. Finally, I'm also hosting another live show every Friday called This Week in Organic. So head over to thisweekinorganic.com to find out more about that. But that's all for now. Until we meet again, adios and um, thanks again for joining us, Lawrence. Great show. No problem. <laughs>